Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm a feminist, but this week I felt proud of myself for simply arranging some carpentry to be done in my house. (laughs) Not doing it. (laughs) Just recruiting a man to do it. You just felt like I'm I'm a boss boss girl who's I made a call. I used mybuilder.com. I called the guy. I booked the guy. Can I just say that myself? Uh, Can I just say I think that is I think that I'll tell you what that's setting the patriarchy to work. If you were to do it yourself on top of all the emotional labour and the pay gap, it wouldn't be a good use of your time. So I think bossing a man around and going, hang those shelves up. Respectfully, of course, and paying him well. Yeah. But <laughs> I used words like box those pipes. Yeah, it's fine to use MDF. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, I. Well, let's see if he shows up, but I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Once, um, that's reminded me, once a long, long time ago, when I had a, a boyfriend, I met his parents, I think for the first time, and I. He actually heeded, he accidentally. They complimented him on his shelves, and he said, 
yeah, I made them out of MDMA. And, he, and then went MDF, MDF, like that. And I got the giggles. They hadn't even, they pretended not to notice. And I got the giggles and we had a huge row because he was like, if you hadn't kept fucking laughing, oh. we could have all moved on from that slip-up. Oh. And I was like... <laughs> you don't want to move up on from that slip-up. Yeah. If someone's confessed really to the funny. Mandy... I'm a feminist, but the other day, instead of saying Virginia Woolf, I glitched and said Virginia Fox. And then immediately went, Foxy! Foxy lady! About the writer of A Rim of One's Own and Three Guineas. Really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a feminist, but can parents have a strike day next? Hey! I just thought, actually, what funny image. I mean, obviously, I don't think you could do it with, like, the really small ones, because they're so thick. Um, dependent, I think, is what we call them. Dependent. Yes, sorry, dependent. Yeah, they, they'd die. But if you did it, I think it would be. I think it would be funny to watch if you were like, you're on strike, you're present, you'll be near your home picketing for better treatment, <laughs> to be spoken to more nicely, <laughs> to have requests met in a more fucking timely fashion, and houses would just be full of like unwashed, gym-jammed, filthy-teethed, sugared-up, square-eyed, not a slammer bank. I mean, they've watched a lot of telly. Like, it, they'd, I think it'd be fascinating. A hundred percent. But yeah. would they be leaning out the window going, Mum, where's my, where's my netball kit? Or would they be going... I'd have ear defenders. <laughs> I'm on strike. I am loving this idea, and I, I think you should write an independent film about it, like the day the parents went on strike, and it's just about yeah. one street who all decided to do it and what happened and the Lord of the Flies that continued from that. Yeah. I think it'd be great. I'm a feminist, um, but when people assume I'm older than I am, I feel livid. <laughs> Keeps happening. Where I fucked up, I am the only comedian in the universe who didn't get the memo to be vague about her age from the beginning. So my real date of birth's on my Wikipedia page. What am I fucking going to do with that? There's no point lying about it. So I say to people, so because it's my... 40th this summer, I keep saying to people, I've had, in the last fortnight, Debs, and I should know that this is coming because I've been getting served since I was 13. I've had pretty much every other day for a fortnight, it will come up in conversation, I'm going to be 40 this summer, and I've had people go, yeah, like you're already not. What? Yeah. I had one person, I can't say where, I can't fuck it, in the gym, who genuinely was like, yeah, how many times has it been 40? Which summer is this 40? What a cunt! No, well, I genuinely had to go, well, no, I am. And they were like, very good. Oh, and it I... is like, oh, Did you want to go and get your driver's off. license and go look at the date, mate? Like, I didn't ever used to care. And I'm, I, it does feel unfeminist that suddenly I give a shit. Like, it does, it. it's not comedy. But it is like, why am... <laughs> fuck you! I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It feels like a sign. And the sign reads, Botox time, baby! <laughs> um, but no, I did a tweet about it that I enjoyed. Sometimes I feel my funniest when I'm the most angry. And I said something mm. like, next person who fucking tells me I look older than I am, you're going to remember this tweet when I've had so much surgery I look like a fucking toddler again. <laughs> and I meant that. And they can all... Yeah. I've had people after that tweet message me go oh was I one of the people and I've gone yeah no <laughs> live from King's Place in London the Spontaneity Shop presents the Guilty Feminist with me Nicole Francis White guest host Jessica Vestry and our very special guest 
seen what's on your web page there. Uh, oh, it's, uh, it's a question, and it's, will your clitoris disappear if you don't use it? Um, <laughs> I've got facts about the clitoris. Instead of doing stand-up comedy, I'm going to do an interesting sort of TED talk about the vag. But specifically, I've gone for the clit. Yeah, great. Lovely. Because I thought, I can't cover I mean, the embarrassingly, whole... I'm probably going to learn quite a lot. Um, <laughs> I'm I, 39, I, queer woman, don't even really understand what bit the piss comes out of. We've had this conversation before, and I've been shown on diagrams. Because, because listen, I feel the same. I, I feel the same. It. I don't far too little. But what I will say is this because I have been very busy because of International Women's Day and some writing projects, and because I've got ADHD and I tend to work better at the last minute, today, I have learnt an extraordinary amount about Catholic saints and my own clitoris. <laughs> what you a day. What a bookend. What a day. Yeah, I really have. And if you're listening at home, that is because uh, I, it's St. Patrick's Day. And so for the first episode that we recorded here tonight, I did a whole bit about feminist saints. So I've really delved deep into feminist saints. But also this episode is about the vagina. So I've dived deep into my own clitoris. Now that sounds painful. Oi, oi. <laughs> But it was, it was better, than it, better than it sounds. Um, I'm going to try out some of the things I've learned. Take them on the road. Oh, yeah. See how it goes. Okay, great. Um, first of all, this is the Guilty Feminist, the podcast in which we explore our noble goals as 21st century feminists and the hypocrisies and insecurities which undermine them. I'm Deborah Francis-White. With me is Jessica foster And we are talking about... Vol all things vagina. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Volvos, and I was like, I've not prepared. <laughs> <laughs> all, I, I wanted to say all things vagina, but I said all things vagina. <laughs> I knew where you were going with it. Loved it. Yeah, yeah. I saved it. Turned around. I don't think well, anyone made it all sort of like vaudeville. I think I fully got away with all it. All things vagina. <laughs> <laughs> Um, before we talk about have you noticed vag- sometimes when you say in some situations someone will say vagina and someone will shout vulva yeah that's it that happens quite a bit yeah, someone here right. did you have to repress one <laughs> but we're not we're talking about the whole vag we're not just talking about the bit you can see yeah. so we're allowed to say it it's, not, it's a bit like who and whom you know when people go it's whom it's not always whom sometimes it's whom oh my I mean I'll get in trouble for this I'm not supposed to talk about him in comedy ever but my son's dad keeps trying to persuade him to say Pokemon not Pokemon. No. He's Maybe he po- wants- He's posh to me, and I was like, what are you doing, getting set? And he went, it's short for Pocket Monster. Pokemon. I was like, oh. he will be fucking ostracised. Shut up. <laughs> he's our son. He's weird enough. Leave him be. <laughs> yeah. Is it Pocket Monster? Is that what it means? Well, yeah. Oh, got confirmed. It's been verified. Confirmed. It's not a Pokemon, it's a Pokemon. It's not a vagina, it's a vulva. Only in this case it is, because talk, we're talking to uh, the director and founder of the World's First Bricks and Mortar Vagina Museum. Woo! There is apparently one in Sweden made of mushrooms and string. Um, but this is the first bricks and mortar one. There's, there's one in Florida made Foisty. exclusively uh, from marshmallow, although that only lasted a day because it rained. Uh, this is the first bricks and mortar. I think bricks and mortar means not online. Yes. There's a lot of online yeah, things, yeah. but like this is you can go inside the 
Mm. You can touch it. Museum. You, can pre- you can be present there, yep. standing, mm. IRL. It's IRL. IRL. I think everyone on it, yeah, yeah that's how you talk to the children. I mean, I don't... And I think it's important with the Vagina Museum that you can go inside. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, see? It's important for you to... Or oh, just play around out the front. Yeah. Kick, kick a can around, do some yeah. high fives out the Depends front. That's also good. Doesn't it? Also, at least go and look at it. At least go and look at it. At least touch the... The vulva of it. Um, you, the, so presumably the front of the museum is the vulva. Oh, that, someone's been oh, revolted no. by that idea. Someone's so straight that that's made them wretch. <laughs> no, what, what was the problem then? We were just having the same exact conversation. Oh, it was more that you were like... Will you wait till we start talking about the fire exit? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Deborah's not into that, not even conversationally. You don't know what I'm into, I might well be into the fire No, you don't like talking about poo-poo. Oh, I thought you meant anal. Yeah, I did. That's where poo comes out, Debs. Oh, my God, now I feel less embarrassed about the wee. Now I feel way less embarrassed about not knowing where the imperceptibly tiny piss pipe is on a woman. I don't associate anal... When you do not know that poops come from the butt. I don't associate anal sex with excrement. No. That's what I'm saying. I thought you meant the fire escape, like, a a a, And instead you meant go to the loo. I enjoy... Uh, well, OK, I'll tell you. Oh, God, fuck me. Oh, God, I'm so British. <laughs> Has anybody Why here... Why me for Just this before episode? we proceed, because obviously <laughs> Vagina Museum is something important, and if you're underage, you brought you know, someone who's 12 or something like that, I would not stop because Vagina Museum, of course, we should all know. Yeah. However, has anyone brought anyone underaged or <laughs> is underage? Just speak now because I won't go on with this track tack. Is everyone over 21? <laughs> is anyone under 21? 16. 16. You're 16. 16. <laughs> Who? 16 should be Oh, you're not 16. Okay. You're love saying it, love 16. It that no. Was prepared to roll with that. I don't. I don't. March with it, even. <laughs> what a callback! What a callback! She, she, she scores. The wrong we show. haven't seen a callback like that since oh. the 1977 Just for Laughs Montreal Olympics. Um, that was a brilliant callback. Of course, the audience at home won't understand no, that because of the previous show. Yeah, wrong show. Um, Fuck that right up. Love it though. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I don't care because this is for these people live. They came out. They've paid money. The people at home have paid a fuck all. Fuck them. Um, <laughs> What, anyone, is anybody actually 18, 17, 16? No, okay. Who's the youngest person in the room then? <laughs> Who reckons they're the youngest? Shout out if you think you're the youngest. If you're 20, shout out. If you're 21, shout out. God, is our audience very old? <laughs> if you're under 55, shout out. <laughs> if you're under 40, shout out. If you're under 40. <laughs> now it looks like you've been taken where we were just going to go. Just the way you came out of your chair then. Oh, God. Got to take every chance. Wish I got asked more often before the 5th of July. If you could please at Jessica Foster Q on Twitter and ask her how old she is before the 4th of July, that'd be really helpful. Is it 4th of July you're born? Born on the 4th of July? 5th. Oh, 5th. That's disappointing because it's not like the song. Um... 
I was born on the 4th of July. Anyway, okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Uh, anybody under 30? Anybody under 25? Anybody under 22? You've already okay. asked 21. Yeah, but, yeah, I know, but they... She's weeding they, out liars. They, you played good cop <laughs> and bad cop. They weren't wooing before. I just think people felt shy. You're playing both Anyone, um, so people are under 25. If you're 24, chinna. 23, chinna. 22, chinna. Oh. 21, chinna. Anyone younger than that? No. Because they're in the cheering mode now. They might yeah, not yeah, have yeah. wanted to cheer before. So the youngest we've got here tonight is 22. 22, are you going to be scarred if we talk about anal? <laughs> no, okay, fine. Um, duty of care. Duty of care, yes, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I can't remember what I was going to say about it now. <laughs> Just that, oh yes, I enjoy it. Yeah. And I'll tell you how it came out that I enjoyed it. Oh God. Somebody wrote a sort of clickbaity. Uh, in the in lockdown, which didn't suit my temperament at all. I mean, I don't know how many of you did enjoy it, but I. Some people what, said lockdown? to me, yeah. Some people okay. said, oh, for the first six months I was in heaven because I could just be. In. I was like freaking out in the first. It made you and oh, me weird. We yeah, it didn't work for me at all. Yeah. Like, but some of my friends, I mean, I know it was a horrible time for everyone. I know it was an awful plague. I am not the real victim of COVID. I, can, I, can we just caveat it? Can yeah. you just make a generous you interpretation? Are being very kind. Don't worry. Generous. Could you just generously yeah. interpret what I'm saying as I get, I get all of that and I'm not a nurse and I'm not a frontline worker. Um, I didn't, didn't work for me at all. And during it, I found the Guilty Feminist shows hard because I like having an audience because if Jess and I are messing around, we know if we're being funny and we're not being self-indulgent, if you're laughing, if you're not going for it, when well, we, we get pivot. But I just hated this kind of Zoom, trying to be funny on Zoom while you're feeling depressed with a comedian who's elsewhere. And an audience, I don't know if they're funny or funny or not. And I didn't want to do stand-up. I hated the whole... F- Look, how do you stand up? You're sitting down in your pyjamas, weeping into a... a, a I'm, I'm not a drinker. I barely ever drink... I would have at 5.30 come around and be like, oh, it's time for a cocktail, time for a cocktail. Just awful, awful times. And during that Is time... Is this going to end in something about bum fun, though? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> bum fun. <laughs> yeah, it's going somewhere. Sorry, Jess. Oh, no, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm taking the long route. Yeah. I'm taking the scenic room. You've got to understand how I got there. Um, uh, so, during that time, I had to do uh, a, an episode on porn, and we were... I didn't have to but we were offered someone who was doing feminist ethical porn and that was Mm -hmm. their whole thing and so it was and Alison Spittle was the co-host who was free so it wasn't like I was like scouting for a co-host she and I both have our dynamic when we talk about sex is I was Jehovah's Witness she's Catholic so our comedy dynamic and we've got to find our comedy dynamic you know you know my comedy dynamic with you is different from my comedy dynamic with Susan McComa for example Or Sindhu V. Like, I'll give you an example. You know, with Sindhu V, I'm the kid and she's the parent. But there are other comedians who, with whom I'm the parent, they're the, they're the kid. Do you know what I mean? Like, in terms of your comedy double act. And Alice and I have a thing where, we, if we talk about sex, we, then we do our sort of like, oh, we were repressed, repressed religious kids. So our thing to porn, neither of us watch porn, neither of us like porn. So that's where our starting place. But I thought it was quite interesting because someone's going to show us the kind of porn that we might, we might actually like and, you know, it's going to be different. Anyway... Some, but some people didn't like it and said, oh, well, you're, you were kind of shaming porn or I don't know, whatever. You know, some people don't like everything and everyone else was locked in as well. So they were feeling miserable as well. So they were complaining about things that they felt weren't right and that's fair enough. But somebody wrote a clickblatey blog 
And the headline was uh, 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 that I didn't like anal sex. And perhaps if I'd listened uh, to this person or, you know, if I was, you know, cooler about porn, I, I might, it'd be better to, it would be better for me to interrogate why I don't like anal sex. Mm. And I... <laughs> now... If this had been a normal week... This is amazing. I might have responded... I've never talked about this on the show. I've never talked about it on the show. It's never come up. But I'll tell you what's happened, Jess. Yeah, I'm really listening. I've had to do, I've had to do an Australian writer's room this week, which I've yeah. loved doing, but it means yeah. I don't finish work till midnight it's, and my brain's buzzing. Or... It's another... It's a little Ronnie Corbett digression. So I haven't got to... I don't finish work till midnight. I'm buzzing. I haven't slept till 5am. So I am not censoring in the way that I should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling I'm you things I it. will regret. Yeah. I've never told this before, and I'm never going to tell it again. So someone did a blog, blog saying... The, the, yeah, the headline well, was, cooler, Deborah Francis White would be side. better off, rather than kind of giggling about porn and saying she doesn't like it, she would be better off interrogating why she does not like anal sex. Now, I didn't mm. need to listen to the edit to find out if I would broadcast to the internet that I... Uh, ever said, ever said that I didn't like anal sex. Do you know why I knew that I'd never said that? One of my favourite things. <laughs> Absolute. Now, don't do it often because, you know. Can't be asked. Excuse the pun. There's admin, isn't there? There's admin. There's admin. And sometimes you actually can't be asked. Just doesn't matter. Let's not go into that part okay. of it. Let's not go right, right. there. However, I love it. Yeah. Now, in a normal week, in a saner week, in a less emotionally, mentally challenged week for yeah. me, it being... We think we were at that point of lockdown where I'd, we'd been in it so long, we were just sort of starting to be... You know when those things that we you could come... A hokey-cokey part of the lockdown mm. where it was like in, out, in, out... Um, eat out to help out stay, yeah. stay in to save lives that, that part yeah. um, uh, he, 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 dine out, die out all the slogans uh, I, I, I was allowed to go to Soho Theatre that night and I'll, I'll never forget it I, I was so angry when I saw this headline I just saw red in a way that you know when the lizard brain is activated the yeah. most unevolved part of the brain yeah. so angry was I that I felt someone was so prurient as to make assumptions about what I did and didn't like up yeah. my anus when I hadn't said that to get a clickbait headline out of my podcast it was so and, and also how, who's anyone to tell me and Alice Spittle how we feel about porn when we're doing a comedy show we interviewed somebody we, yeah. I was just so angry that I went on Twitter and I quote tweeted it and said actually I love anal love it all the time can't get enough can't get enough off the ass <laughs> oh I went on a massive public rant it wasn't it. an act to that person I quote tweeted it so the whole world could see. Love it. Then I went out. Don't applaud it. It was poor judgment. Don't applaud my poor judgment okay. because it's enjoyable for you. That's not what a good thing to put next? on the internet. If I saw next? someone else doing that, I'd say, you're not having a good mental health week. And I'd, I'd, I'd call them up and go, hey, you're you my okay, friend. Hun? Yeah, I would. I would. But I, had, I, did, I just saw red and I just went on and on and on and on and on about how much I love Daniel Six and of my fury and how dare anybody mm. make assumptions and how dare anybody question how I respond to uh, the subject of pornography when I'm a comedian and I'm just, you know, trying to make some of the podcast a bit funny, you know, given its history. And I was just so angry and so upset. 
And I got to Soho Theatre in out of my mind, out of my mind with fury. I'd also come off the internet. I'd come off Twitter. It was a social media manager, not the one we have now, who just dropped it into my inbox and said, hey, I thought you should see this. And I wasn't really... I deliberately put a wall up at that point. And I'm on and off now a bit, but we've got Zanip, who's absolutely brilliant. And this person hadn't meant to. They hadn't meant to upset me, but it came into... And I was just so upset because I wasn't looking at Twitter for a reason and it just fell into my inbox. I was devastated. And I got to, after doing this big rant, which felt so cathartic and so powerful and so amazing, I got to Soho Theatre and I ran into somebody I knew who went, oh, I had no idea that you liked anal so much. And I went, oh, and she went... She went, I just thought that's so brave. And I went, but you did see it was in response to somebody accusing me of not liking it. And she went, no, no, I just thought you'd put it up. I didn't see what you're putting up. I just thought it must have been an article about anal sex and you'd endorsed it and thought, this speaks to me. And you'd quote Twitter. And I went, what? No, it was an angry rant against... Some... She said, I just thought it was a celebration of anal. I thought, that's brave. That's brave. And people were coming up to me at Soho Theatre, masked two metres away. But they were... I don't know why they were standing two metres away. In retrospect, it could have been the, the rules. It could have been they were scared that yeah. I was like... I'd lost... I don't know. I don't know. But I... People thought... They just didn't see what I was talking about. They just thought I'd done a big celebration of anal yeah. on my timeline for everyone to see. And I've never talked about it for good reason. Love that. Lovely. I didn't know that, and now I do. I did delete it. I did delete it pretty swiftly. Oh. Felt cute. <laughs> Might delete later. <laughs> Tom's saying, get the fuck on with it. He's right. We said it would be shorter. We advertised it as shorter. These people, these people have come back in good faith. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> That's really funny. Your husband just popped his head and went, all right. <laughs> he's popped, he's popped. He doesn't. This is the thing. He doesn't care about what I say on stage. He's so. Sort of for years, show, I've held back can. this kind of stuff because I felt it was not respectful or whatever. And he's like, "Whatever Give you say shit. on stage, it's like it could or could not be true." That you know, I know you're a comedian, so I'll never take what you say on stage to be true. Now that happens to be true, but. <laughs> hmm. No, most of what I say on stage is true. It's like occasionally you obviously change the names to protect the innocent, but. You change the facts. Like the, the, you don't change Just the change truth. Change the facts to protect the innocent. <laughs> change the truth. Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah. We have some shows coming up. If you're in London, we will be at the Soho Theatre on the 30th of May and the 31st of May. And we will be at King's Place on the 5th of June, the 22nd of June and the 24th of July. For tickets, go to guiltyfeminist.com and click on live shows. My play, Never Have I Ever, is at Chichester Festival Theatre from the 1st to the 30th of September. Tickets are now on sale, but I'm glad to say they're going fast. So if you'd like to see it, go to CFT. Dot org dot uk and look for Never Have I Ever with the incredible Susie Wacoma, Alexandra Roach and Greg Wise and more. And on the 21st of August, there will be a special episode of The Guilty Feminist from Chichester, where hopefully we'll be talking all things Never Have I Ever. Join our Patreon to get ad-free episodes and to support the show. And if you could go to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast uh, and give any episode of The Guilty Feminist that you thought was good five stars, we'd really appreciate that. 
Also, if you could tell someone you know with your face or on a WhatsApp group or on a social media platform that you enjoy The Guilty Feminist and share that with them, it really helps spread the word about the show. Thank you so much. We appreciate you listening. We appreciate you coming out live. We appreciate everything you do and supporting any of the activist or artistic causes we share with you. And now back to the podcast. We've got to do, we've got to get our guest on. Yes. So. I'm excited about this. I'm going to learn so much. I know. Um, so just to, to briefly, my little piece is on the clitoris before oh, we get the guest out. Here we out. go. I'm going to put my okay. mic down, microphone down so I um, don't interrupt. Okay. Uh, so this is, this is, this is about the, the clitoris. So first thing, just more broadly round vaginas. I've written a, a tight five or a baggy three. <laughs> about vaginas um, firstly as I hardly ever look at mine if nothing's wrong I assume it looks like it did last time I saw it it's not prudishness at all it's just a design flaw it's hidden I'm a very busy woman I don't have time to be down with a mirror the whole time I've got activism to do and stuff I, I do it by feel sometimes I just check everything's okay or if I feel something or if I need I don't know I like a wax and uh, I'm not ashamed uh, so if I, I can just like go, oh yeah, okay. Um, but my waxing person sees it more than I do. That's the truth. Um, the clitoris is the tip of an iceberg. Is both a headline on Healthline magazine and also a name I'm trying on for my autobiography. <laughs> the clitoris is the tip of my iceberg. I don't. I'm just not. Just, I'm not just a walking clitoris. Like I've got more to me. Um, uh, historically, the clitoris was understood to be a pea-sized collection of nerve endings tucked away under a fold of skin, either called the clitoral hood. Now, actually, what happened is in 2009, a group of French researchers created a life-size 3D printed model of the what they called the pleasure center. Now, it would be French, wouldn't it? Uh, I just feel like that's, that sounds right to me. That when the, the first thing happened, they, oh, we can got pre- 3D printers now, and other people started going oh, what could we make with those, like, coffee mugs and, and you know, clutches for cars and even human hmm. bits of, you know, whatever. And the French went, the first step, the clitoris. Um, um, Hélène, if you're in, um, high five to you. I hope you're on that research team. Um, now, we know the clitoris uh, is, is not... These days, we know, of course, the clitoris is an expansive network of nerve endings... Um, it like, looks like a four-pronged wishbone, which is, you know, you'd get a good wish out of that, wouldn't you? Um, everyone gets what they want with a four-pronged wishbone. That's the great thing about it. Um, so uh, here are some facts about the clitoris. Firstly, it's way bigger than you think. It's not just that bit on the end. It, secondly, it functions like a penis, okay? Um, so basically, a penis is an... X is a pushed out clitoris, and a clitoris is a turned in penis. So what we've got is a penis that will not surprise anybody (laughs) (laughs) unnecessarily. (laughs) The clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings. The penis only has four nerve endings. No, 4,000, 4,000. Sorry? Oh, really? Thank you. So the fourth point there is that third point isn't true. It's not true. It's an urban myth based on cows. Unless you're listening as a man cow. A man cow's a bull. Oh, yeah. But maybe, is that true of cows but not of humans? Is that true? Uh, It's complicated. The human clitoris probably has about 10,000 nerve endings. 
Are you our guest? Okay, well, we'll get you on and you can tell us what's going on. Um, the clitoris keeps growing and never ages. Um, and by the way, if any of this other stuff is wrong, uh, just like the nose, the clitoris keeps on growing past puberty. Uh, not only that, it never ages. Uh, there is no physical difference between a 30 or 70 year old clitoris uh, bar the size. So whatever, whatever I'm age you're... i mine out at the gym. The clitoris was officially discovered in the 1500s by a man. (laughs) (laughs) Now, history does not relate whether or not women had found it before that. Uh, Women and trans people using, of course, a different framing, I'm sure will have found uh, their own clitoris. At least some of them will. Um... I don't imagine they were all clitoriterate um, or eclitorate, uh, which is something that I've just coined because I think it's good to say, are you eclitorate, i.e. do you know enough about the clitoris and if you don't have one but you like to uh, play with them, then you should know more. And even if you do have one. Um, and uh, this one is the clitoris is the only human organ specifically designed to give pleasure. Um, and uh, it enlarges around the time of ovulation. So if you're on your, if you've got, if you think, oh, my clitoris is larger than normal, you're probably ovulating. <laughs> so that's some nice things to know about the clitoris. Love them. Really enjoyed that. Um, yeah. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Guilty Feminists. It's Jessica Regan here. I am jumping on to tell you some very exciting news. I am in a play called Strike that is opening on the 13th of April at the Southwark Playhouse Borough. This play tells the story, the true story, of one of the longest strikes in recent history, that of the Dunstore strikers in Dublin. Nine women and one man made the decision to go on strike in July 1984 to protest the apartheid regime in South Africa. And you will not believe 
what happened as a result of their actions. If you want to see a show that's going to take you on an epic journey that will move and inspire you and remind you of the incredible things that can be achieved when people come together, then book for Strike. But also, if you book on April 18th for the matinee performance, you will be treated to a Q&A after hosted by none other than guilty feminist royalty Alison Spittle interviewing the original strikers upon whom the play is based. We couldn't be prouder or happier to partner with the Guilty Feminist to spread the word about this incredible story, this theatrical event, and of course, the opportunity to meet, see and hear these people who made enormous sacrifices for people they had never met and changed the world. Get booking, go to southerplayhouse.co.uk. We cannot wait to see you there. And if you see me, I'll have a big Guilty Feminist hug for you. Our guest today is the director and founder of the world's first bricks and mortar vagina museum. She has a background in science, communication, comedy and activism with a degree in biochemistry. Her groundbreaking book, V, an empowering celebration of the vulva and vagina, aims to inform, empower and debunk outdated myths and inspire confidence in one's own body. Please welcome to the stage... Florence Schechter. Welcome. Hi, I'm, I'm so sorry for interrupting you before. I just couldn't let it go. No. I loved it. What else did we get wrong and what do you know? Oh, we, we were talking about all the corrections in the audience. Oh, really? <laughs> um, clitorises aren't so much turned in penises. I would say... Penises are just very big clitorises. They're essentially the same organ. They only right. differ in size. And where the urethra is, obviously. I can tell you how to find your urethra if you want to. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a feminist, but... I'm a feminist, and yes, please. <laughs> this is, if anybody in the audience wants to know, basically get a mirror down there. Yeah. And then, you know that feeling when you're peeing and you like want to stop mid-flow? You know that yeah. clench you do? Mm. Do that, let go, do that, let go. You'll see your urethra hole winking at you. Oh. oh. And that's, is that its science name, urethra hole? <laughs> uh, urethral opening, yeah. Opening, Urethral. Yes. But, but... Piss pipe is absolutely amazing. Thank and I'm going to say that, like, in all my future outreach workshops. Oh, my, yeah. yes. Can I just say, what made you start a bricks and mortar vagina museum? Yeah. Oh, I fucking love vaginas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it... <laughs> I mean, it's a great job for someone who fucking loves vaginas. It I is. See, I mean, it'd be I fucking see... weird, actually, if you were like, I, well... I love museums, <laughs> and there wasn't yeah. one about vaginas. Not yeah. a fan, but, you know, you've got to fill the niche that's there. There was a gap in the market, all puns intended. Um, well, how it came about was, I found out that there's a penis museum in Iceland. Fantastic, great. Nothing against that. But there was no vagina equivalent anywhere in the world at the time. And I literally just was on Twitter, um, because I am overly online and a millennial. Um, And I was like, lol, there's no vagina museum, but there is a penis museum. We should make one. (laughs) And then I was like, oh, no, wait, we should make one. Um, And so I did. Wow. Amazing. Tell us. And I want to know about interesting artefacts. Uh, like what we've got on display in the museum. Yeah. Okay, so there is a pair of my own. Uh, there is a pair of my own knickers on display in the museum. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, so there was a really funny moment when basically I wanted to do an object that described this phenomenon that um, our vaginas during puberty and menopause are acidic. 
and they bleach our knickers. So during puberty and menopause, our vaginas are about sort of pH 3.8. Right. So about the same what pH. What could you kill with that? Well, not much. No, well, not much, because it's, it's about the same pH as white wine. Oh. Yeah, I know. I Delicious. knew there was a reason I liked putting both in my mouth. Um, <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so... <laughs> Guys, you need to get on board with this. Uh, so anyway, so because of that, our vaginas bleach our knickers. Yeah. So there's like but these. That's not just through puberty and menopause, or otherwise I've been in puberty or menopause all my life. <laughs> like it's just different times of the month or the oh, year, yeah. or if your yeah. your pH does change with your cycle. But before puberty and after menopause, your vagina's about neutral pH. It's about pH seven, so it's not going to bleach your knickers as much. Oh. Yeah. I, I need to see a doctor. <laughs> I've always had that, that like just, you know, when knickers get older, they, you know, that part looks bleached. I've never really questioned it. But like, at what age did you start noticing that? I don't remember. I didn't, I don't think I've got a diary on that. I don't, <laughs> I don't feel I don't like know. I've seen that for a very long time, but it feels like a distant, familiar memory. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I had my first period at 11. And so, you know, like, I don't, yeah. That's funny. And I don't really remember looking at my knickers pre-age eleven. So. No. Yeah. But yeah. But I guess so. Maybe it hasn't happened in a while, actually. But I, I just, I don't. I think it's not. It's not not a hallmark of yeah. me thinking. I wear black knickers a lot. Of me thinking, these need to. These are sort of looking Ready a bit. To be moved on. God, I'm so sorry, you guys. This is no one needs to hear well, about my knickers. No, but but maybe they need to be put in a museum because that's what I did. No, yeah. no, 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 no. That won't be oh happening. God. Well, no. so no. I. <laughs> well, I did. We'll differ there, Deborah, um, because I wanted to sort of display in the museum that this is a completely normal thing. Because a lot of people don't realise that it's a completely normal thing. Yeah. You know, people suffer in silence because we talk to our friends about you know contraception and sometimes sex, but you're not going to be like your knickers bleached as well. Mm. That's a bit of a weird thing to say. So a lot of people don't realise it's a completely normal thing. Mm. So I said, why don't we put some on display in the museum? So I went to my curator, Sarah. Oh. And uh, I was very afraid of being sued because I said to her, hey, Sarah, do you want to bring me your knickers for work? <laughs> um, and she actually loved the idea. So we put on display some of our own knickers to show that how uh, they get bleached. Far, that's very, very interesting. I feel better about it now. If it was in a group of other people's knickers, I might. But I'm not going to, but still. Um, when I do tours, I do ask visitors to be like, guess which one's mine. Oh, I, I would feel relaxed from seeing yours, though. I think I would go, oh, that's... I'd, I'd like to see yours. Relaxed. Yeah, oh just God, sort of, you know, oh, I'm normal, you know, that kind of thing. That's it, totally the aim of the vagina museum. I'm going to tell the trustees that. I'm going to tell the like, charity commission that. Relax about all things vagina. Mm. What else? Tell us about more about vaginas and museums. Have you had any creeps come through? We have had a handful of creeps. Yeah. But, but what mainly I... it's legends. Yeah, so. it genuinely the is. The two genders, creeps yeah. and legends. <laughs> well, it New kind of is. system just right. dropped. Yeah. But isn't it like to visit, it's going to be creeps or legends, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, we've had all sorts of people come in. We've had uh, people of all ages, of sexualities, um, of different jobs from different countries. We've had one of my favourite 
demos that come in mm. is um, single dads because they have daughters. Oh, yeah. yeah, and they're That's like, "Wonderful! I don't yeah, know how great. to have this conversation about periods, about puberty, mm-hmm. about vaginas." Um, so Bleached I'm going to pants. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, it is. So they bring them their daughters to the vagina museum, and they're like, "Don't ask me questions. Ask that gallery assistant." Oh. Yeah. Are the daughters? Oh. Are some daughters thrilled and some daughters mortified? What I would say about kids coming to the Vagina Museum, because people ask me this a lot, because there's no minimum age to visit, um, is that they do what every single kid does in a museum, which is immediately look for the nearest thing to push or draw on. Um, They don't care. (laughs) A lot of the time it's parents going, you need to learn this. And they're like, mummy, when can I have ice cream? Um, Is there a gift shop? There is. It's amazing. Okay, great. Yeah. That's my son's first question. There you go. I'm wearing um, something we sell in the... Read what it says. Cunt. Really nice. <laughs> so, Great word. Um, are, do you have a In 3D... Scotland, that would just say mate. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a 3D printed clitoris? Do you have a... We actually one? do, yes. Yes. Wow. Um, people send us all sorts of random things in the post where yeah. they go, I made a thing, you have it. Or whatever, and yes. yeah, we have quite a few three D printed clitoris. So it's the Amazing. history of the vagina, the, the I mean, the history, but the sort of history of the discovery of the vagina. <laughs> when did the, it? When did it begin? <laughs> <laughs> like the sort of. Do you have Do you have a picture of the man who discovered the clitoris? Oh my god! Okay, so the man you're talking about, Realdo Mateo Columbus. Is this name Columbus? Yes, he also discovered America. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Two, and that two, was... two members of the same family who claimed to discover things Seriously? that didn't discover. Were they discover. the same? Were they the same? No, wow, no, no, wow, no, it wasn't wow. the same family. No, that fascinating. Yeah. Though. Two men called Columbus, who both thought oh, no one's been it. using this. <laughs> I'll say it's mine. Yeah. No, wow. that's a really interesting story. <laughs> a continent and a continent. Really, <laughs> Uh, that's actually a really interesting story because basically he was an anatomist in 16th century Italy and uh, he said you know I've never read about the clitoris in a textbook an anatomy book of any kind so I must be the first person to discover it and he wrote in his book I am discovering the clitoris and he named it like Amor de Venus like the did he put a flag in? (laughs) oh god I hope not Um, but funnily enough um, Fallopio the guy after whom the fallopian tubes are Named. Fuck's yeah. sake. I know, I know. Fallopio. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that, that sounds like a really porny Disney animation, doesn't it? Where, it it does explain why it grows. It's not his nose growing. It's what, it's, do you think about Fallopio. Pinocchio's nose? In that context, what is that? That's an, that's an erection, that's an unwanted erection saying you're lying, you do fancy me. <laughs> oh my God, I've never seen Pinocchio that way, but now it's all I can see. Oh, oh God. One big fallopian tube. Um, he, oh, what? He said the same thing around the same time. He was also an Italian anatomist. And so, that he also published in his book, I am the first person to write about the clitoris, therefore I must be the discoverer. And then... They died. Their books were published. It, was a, it took a really long time for books to be published compared to nowadays. Um, and their students both claimed that the other was plagiarizing them and so took the others to court. And they had to go to an Italian Renaissance court and say, actually, my teacher discovered the clitoris. Um, the judge threw the case out. Wow. Yeah. Was the judge a woman? <laughs> No, amazing. No. Wouldn't it be amazing? <laughs> that would that would be a great no. turn. Well, we didn't, you know, Sister Kevin. Um, <laughs> that was that was a shock. We didn't see that coming. Um, so, if we come to the, could you tell us where the Vagina Museum is? 
So, um, unfortunately, I have, I have sad news. Um, oh. So, yeah, I know. So, the Vagina Museum started in 2017. And we got our first building in 2019. We opened it in Camden Market. We were there for two years, but then our landlord did not want to renew our lease, unfortunately. Um, so, we moved to a property guardianship in Bethnal Green. It closed. <laughs> oh, are you, just, are you just like Bethnal Green people? Yeah. Right. Yay. Um... <laughs> So we were evicted a few weeks ago, unfortunately. No. Yeah. So we are now looking for a new premises. Mm-hmm. Uh, fingers crossed that'll open so- soon. Where Where would you like to be? Um, What's the dream? God. Um, yeah. I mean, anywhere that'll have us and not kick us out. <laughs> uh, um. We need. We have on our website a page that says "Find us a home," and it has like uh, information about what we need out of a building if you would like to help us. So go oh, to the, wow. our website, vaginamuseum.co.uk. Amazing. Okay. All right. So, if any listeners, is any anyone here got any leads in the room? Anyone think they know or know anyone? Okay. And if you were landlords, <laughs> no one's no one's going to say what. <laughs> Meanwhile space. Yes, I mean, that's what Bethel Green was. It was meanwhile space. The thing is, is we need stability. You know, Mm. we need a place where we're not going to be kicked out with a Mm. week's notice. I feel that about my vagina. (laughs) I need stability and I need need to know my vagina's not going to be kicked out at a moment's notice. I feel similarly. Uh, Well, listen, if you're listening uh, and you know of a space or you would like to host the Vagina Museum and then please, uh, where where do they they write to you? Uh, Info at vaginamuseum.co.uk. Great. Great info at vaginamuseum.co.uk. And I would love you to read a little bit out of your book for oh, us. Would you like God. to read a little bit from your book? Yeah, I would be honoured. What's your book called? It's called V, an empowering celebration of the vulva and vagina. Um, so what I'll read is the intro to the chapter, Your Vulva Will Never Smell Like a Candle. Oh. oh. Now, what if it's Gwyneth Paltrow's <laughs> vulva? Okay. So, people from Penguin are in the audience and they can tell me if they need to be cut out or not. But I had a whole rant about Gwyneth Paltrow in the book. Um, uh, and uh, it's got downgraded to like maybe a paragraph and I had to send a lot of documents to the legal team at Penguin uh, to, to okay. be like, just in case we're sued for libel, here's all the info that you need. Okay, so this is chapter nine. Your vulva will never smell like a candle. It's my chapter all about anti-capitalism, the feminine hygiene industry, the wellness industry, all of that sort of thing. Have you ever walked down the feminine hygiene aisle at the supermarket and thought, is all this necessary? Do I need to use all these products? Well, my friend, these are very good questions. We are constantly being told by society that our vaginas are dirty, smelly, messy, disgusting, bad. You've probably seen products for vaginal cleaning or yoni steaming on Instagram. Maybe you've seen ads for vaginal deodorants, sprays, wipes, douches, and who knows what else. And maybe you've started to wonder, why are these companies telling you that your natural body is gross? It's literally called the feminine hygiene industry as though our vulvas are naturally unhygienic. Why are we told this? You know already that patriarchy is at work here, but there is another major factor at play. Money. Or more specifically, capitalism. The global feminine hygiene industry was valued at $19 billion in 2020. The more we are told our bodies are disgusting, the more shame we feel and the more products we buy. If you were happy and proud of your body, would you buy all of this rubbish? Almost certainly not. The industry is based on shame. 
But I'm here to tell you something radical. There is absolutely nothing shameful about the way our vulvas naturally look or smell. Understanding that we live in a capitalist society that profits off making us ashamed of our bodies is revolutionary. It's a way of standing up for yourself and realizing your worth. I hope this chapter stays with you as you're walking through shopping aisles, watching adverts, learning from and listening to the people around you. I hope it stays ingrained in your mind as you wonder if you really need to buy a certain product that promises to make you more acceptable according to society's standards. I hope it helps you question, who is setting these standards? By the end of this chapter, I hope you'll have the confidence to strut down the feminine hygiene aisle and shout, I don't need you, I love myself as I am. I, I, uh, it, I endorse and second that. Lovely I've, business. Absolutely ne- lovely bit of business, mate. Yeah. I've oh, never... buy my book. <laughs> um, yeah, all the money you've saved. Yeah. yeah. With fudge wipes. Exactly. The smell of candles. And you can use to buy this book. Exactly. Exactly. What is, uh, is there anything else you would like us to know about the vagina or your book? I just want you all to know that Uh, we should all love our vulvas. Our vulvas are wonderful, beautiful things. Please celebrate vulvas. Support the people in your life that have vulvas, no matter what gender they are. um, And spread the V-love. Spread the V-love. It has been absolutely wonderful to have you on, Florence. You can buy V, an empowering celebration of the vulva and vagina, ideally at an independent bookshop, but if not... Uh, find it online <laughs> ideally buy it from someone who pays their tax um, <laughs> please give it up for the incredible Florence Schechter <laughs> lovely <laughs> Jessica do you have anything to plug please may listen to my podcast hoovering it's all about eating and are there any shows that we should come to no I've just okay. finished a tour but <laughs> What about your one that you're recording? Aren't you recording it? It's sold out. It's sold out. But when can we get the recording? Oh, yeah, it's sensible. Please stream (laughs) my show, Wench. Even if you've seen it live, Mm. stream it. Stream it. And as you're streaming it, just go, and you'll see it winking at you. Um, (laughs) 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 You have been listening to The Guilty Feminist with me, Deborah Russell's wife. Yes, Definitely I think out, I don't. I'm really not, I don't get the impression Gwyneth Paltrow knows there are other people. <laughs> <laughs> Is that wrong of me to say penguin? Do I have to cut that out? <laughs> penguin said it was fine. Um, continue. Sorry. No, no. Okay. So- the guilty feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com